Campbell will now take the hill on Wednesday. Dustin May will start in his place against the Marlins on Tuesday. Jose Alvarado is closing in on a return for the Tampa Bay Rays. He's been out with an oblique injury. Gabe Kapler announced via Todd Zalecki of MLB.com that John Malley has been let go as hitting coach. He's been replaced by former manager Charlie Manuel. After his grievance was denied, Antonio Brown has returned to Oakland Raiders camp. He's also posted to social media in search of a helmet he can use. And Colts owner Jim Ursay said Andrew Luck is dealing with, quote, a small little bone issue. He does add some detail into the injury that has sidelined Andrew Luck, but does not give us much of an idea of what his prognosis is near term. I'm Dan Trapper, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Studio 34. This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. EY, you made the intro. I made it, guys. This is it. This is the big time. Parts unknown, EY. Parts, parts unknown with a Tennessee uh, flag flying behind me. That's so right. Uh, I mean, I could be anywhere. We were, you know, maybe I, this is misleading. I guess our esteemed announcer did not want to say if you were from to hurt the Canadian audience, knowing that you are a Canadian. Didn't want to hurt the American audience by saying Nashville. So parts unknown kind of makes sense. I think it does make a lot of sense. So happy to see that. Uh, and here, EY makes the cut. He's part of the intro. Uh, very excited to be here on a Tuesday. Greg, how'd you sleep last night? Uh, I remember sleeping well. It was good. I slept slept nicely. And then today, yesterday I was on calls from 9.45 until 2 p.m. or or so. Uh, Today I had a a good half-hour break uh, from about 12.10 to 12.35. It's 25 minutes. Uh, And now uh, this is my first time off the phone since then. Well, we'll try our best to cheer you up here, Greggy. No more phone calls. Just BFFs. You're surrounded by them. I I would rather do this all the time. How did you sleep, Frank? (laughs) Uh, as far as I can remember, pretty good. This is great. This is your uh, second to last show before your vacation. Second to last show before vacation. The next time you will see me and hear me will be August 26th, Greg. It's a long time. Things are going to change. How are you going to follow the news? Are you nervous about that? I am. I am very nervous. This is going to be crazy. I'm going to be out of the country for the next however many so days. Uh, and the only time I can check my phone is when I have Wi-Fi in Poland. So, uh... It's going to be fun, EY. It's going to be fun trying to keep up with everything that's going on in, uh, in training camp. 
Yeah, yes, uh, preaching to the choir, buddy. Travel can be, can be treacherous for the fantasy lineups. Uh, I was having an anxiety attack. Uh, I was gone this weekend with the wife up in Gatlinburg where we had no internet access, and I was on a motorcycle. Hard to check the phone and be up to date of what was going on. So, yeah, I get it. And Poland, uh, I would imagine, is going to be very similar to that. You'll, you'll have Wi-Fi wherever you're staying and stuff, but you'll be out of touch, and it will, um, it'll, it'll affect your heart, I'm sure. What is the uh, time change? Where are you going in Poland? They are six hours ahead. So six hours ahead. So right now is 8 p.m. there. All right, so it'll be 5 o'clock for our draft. That seems pretty good. I'm going to try to be somewhere. I think that's the actual day of... The whole reason we're going is because it's my fiance Kinga. It's her grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, it's awesome. So that's what we're going to celebrate. That and is it's awesome. on that Sunday. So oh, that's dead. when like everything's going screwed. down. I'm probably going to have like eight shots of vodka in my system by that point and... Whatever happens, happens. Great. Welcome to the squad, Javante Freeman. It's bittersweet because obviously, like I'm looking forward to vacation. I haven't been on vacation this entire year. You haven't. It's true. So I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, I realize that the timing was not ideal. But hey, you know, I don't plan when someone's 50th wedding anniversary is. It's just it's whenever it is. So you kind of gotta just go with. Uh, all right. Well, well, this is the date that vacation is planned and. You just kind of go along with it. It just so happens it's right smack daddy in the middle of NFL preseason and training camp. You were very, you were very concerned which about that. Which is unfortunate because I, obviously I want to stay up to date with all the latest of everything that's going on. And it's going to be hard to do so. So it's bittersweet. I'm excited to be on vacation. But at the same time, I'm going to be sad that I'm missing out on everything else that's going on uh, leading up to the NFL season, Greggy. Today on the program, we're going to hit up the wide receivers. The, the next batch, we got through, what, 22 of them yesterday, give or take? Around there. About Between that. like 20 and 25. Of course, the latest news, and I texted these guys earlier this morning, Andrew Luck, not a quarterback, not a football player, because he has a, a bone issue in his calf. Now this is what we were waiting for, Greggy. You knew the other shoe was dropping, so I have dropped you, I have dropped you, I have dropped Andrew Luck, and I think you have to as well. Uh, Jim Irsay, uh says they're being overly cautious, but this is the exact same story we heard two years ago. I'm good. Yeah, what are we doing, man? I lowered Andrew Luck down to QB 8 in my rankings right now. He, for me, is QB 8 as well. So I might have to lower him even more than that. Um, it's just paying attention to the news and seeing what's going on. But, you know, shout out to EY once again. You called it two years ago. You called it again now, man. Andrew Luck is not a quarterback right now, EY. Yeah, I've got him uh, 14. So, uh, and, and I wasn't adjusting. That was what I had him at before. And that was when it was like, oh, it's a, it's a calf strain. A bone thing, like the Colts are notoriously awful for this. They did it with Peyton Manning. They did it with Andrew Luck two years ago, and now they're doing it again. There's no way you can draft this guy as your quarterback where he's going. You just can't afford to do it. There's plenty of other quarterbacks. Look at, and and you're talking to a guy that has him on probably 20 or 30% of my best ball leagues. I, I had him ranked as the number two quarterback start of the year. And now, I mean, I won't have him anywhere. I won't. There's just no way you can take this guy. It's too much of a risk. It's going to affect all the skill positions. And uh, I told you so. You did. I think you have to drop every member of the Indianapolis Colts. If you're drafting, Marlon Mack, too. I dropped him down to RB17. I said everyone. I, I yeah. think that if you are drafting this weekend, Eric Ebron certainly as well, it, you are going to be in a really tough spot with these Colts uh, and what you do. Now, that may turn out to you getting fantastic prices on them, or it may be a disaster. Especially when it comes to, look, as much as we love 
Andrew Luck, and he was going to be drafted as an elite quarterback, a top four quarterback this year for fantasy football purposes. This more so affects the players around him. Just mentioned Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton. These were players that were going inside the first two or three rounds of fantasy football drafts. So now, this is a huge draft weekend coming up. I know you, we have a draft together. You have an auction as well. I mean, the prices on Hilton and Marlon Mack, that is something that I'm going to be very interested to see this weekend, Greg. All right, we take a break here. When we come back, let's get into the wide receivers, the, the next 20 or so. We'll break those guys down next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Let's break right into the wide receivers here. And we begin around number 22, 23-ish. And that has me... It's, he's actually my 24th wide receiver, but I think that's where I wanted to start the conversation. And that's with A.J. Green. Because A.J. Green had... We know he had ankle or foot surgery, whatever, whatever it was. And he's going to be out for a few weeks into the regular season. But we know how good... A.J. Green can be. I currently have him ranked as my 24th wide receiver, so just on that cusp of being a wide receiver two for me, because of how talented he is. New coach, new offense, we'll see. Frank, where do you have A.J. Green? And, of course, the follow-up to that is where do you have Tyler Boyd? I have A.J. Green down at wide receiver 38, and I have Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 24. So you have basically what I have reversed. Okay, E.Y., where do you have Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green? Oh, geez. Uh, let's see. We're at t- t- Tyler Boyd at 27, and A.J. Green is, is down at 36 just because of how many games he's going to miss. All right, I so, love A.J. Green, but he's going to miss at least six games. All right, so it seems pretty consistent. Like you guys are around the same area, so I just switched Boyd and Green in my rankings. That was just easy. Um, what do you think about I know you've been talking a lot about Cincinnati's offense in general when it comes to Joe Mixon, Frankie, but what can we expect from A.J. Green when he comes back? What do you expect of Tyler Boyd to start off the season? Yeah, I'll start off with Tyler Boyd, and I think especially because A.J. Green is going to miss time early on, you know, whether it's two, four, at, right now with A.J. Green, if, it, if it's even a question that he's going to miss the first month of the season, they probably just put him on the pup list. So let's just get that out of the way, which means he would miss the first six games of the regular season. And it's an interesting situation for A.J. Green and the Bengals because... It seems like everything's kind of trending younger there. Like, they're probably going to start looking for a new quarterback soon. A.J. Green is in a contract year. He's 31 years old. If he's coming off the pup, it's just... I worry about what his usage is going to be even when he comes back and, you know, just how effective he's going to be. He dealt with a toe injury all of last year, and now he's coming off this foot and ankle injury one year older. Tyler Boyd, to me, is someone that I believe is both safe and presents upside based on what his targets are going to be this year. And that's really what you want when it comes to your wide receivers for fantasy football. Earlier on, if A.J. Green is going to miss as much time as we expect it to be, they're going to have no choice but to force-feed Tyler Boyd. Who else are they going to use on this offense? There's just there's not enough pass catchers. I mean, you have a Tyler Eifert who has been so injured throughout his career. I mean, the guy is basically held together by you know duct tape at this point, 
And look at the other wide receivers on their depth chart. It's John Ross. It's Auden Tate who they're talking up. It's Josh Malone right now as well. So I think Tyler Boyd not only has a safe target floor week in and week out in the games that A.J. Green misses, I think he's going to have upside because I don't know who else they're going to pass the ball to, Greg. He's going to play that slot receiver role in the Sean McVay, Los Angeles Rams offense. Zach Taylor comes over. He's the head coach calling plays for the Bengals now. Tyler Boyd played the slot receiver role last year. I believe that he will have that Cooper Cup role uh, in this offense once again. I'm hoping so, at least, Greg, because if they don't have enough weapons to just put on the outside, there's a chance they use Boyd on the outside. That would not bode well for his fantasy value. He's much better as a slot receiver. What about you, EY? How do you see Tyler Boyd and AJ Green shaking out? I mean, it's been proven, uh, well, I mean, statistically proven anyways, that Tyler Boyd is better when A.J. Green is on the field, um, and that and that's because A.J. Green requires a double team. And A.J. Green is one of the best receivers in the league, and with him not on, on the field, I mean, like Frank said, who else are they going to throw the ball to? Tyler Boyd is going to be doubled, and we're going to see. If he's coming out of the slot, I mean, that that could increase his chances. I like him, but Cincinnati this year is, an, it is a complete wild card. We don't know what they're going to be. We don't know what Andy Dalton's going to give us. We don't know what Mixon's going to give us. We don't know what the offense is going to be. Is it going to be as high tempo as the Rams? Are, are they going to try to run the ball a bunch? If, if they're throwing the ball, who are they throwing it to? Who's catching it? Who's the tight end? I mean, it is a mess. It could end up being a, a fantastic mess for fantasy, but I mean, we don't know at this point, but I still like Tyler Boyd. I think he'll get volume and in fantasy sports. That's all you can really ask for. AJ Green will be a value at where he's going as long as he can come back healthy. I'm not somebody that buys into injury optimism. You know this about me, Frank. I, I'm going to minimize as much risk as possible. I don't think I'll be the one that drafts A.J. Green. Tyler Boyd is a guy I was high on. I listened to, obviously, uh, what you and EY were just saying, and that I'm hoping that Zach Taylor utilizes his players in the right spots, right? Like, Tyler Boyd in the slot is where he needs to stay, and that's where he will be most successful. I think it'll be interesting to see if John Ross does anything for the Cincinnati offense. He's costing you nothing in drafts. But Tyler Boyd, as a high-end wide receiver three, where he's going, I think that's fine. But a couple of guys that I have ranked personally higher than Tyler Boyd, Frankie, are Robbie Anderson and Mike Williams. Mike Williams was a part of your poll. I want to get to that in just the one moment. But Robbie Anderson is the first guy in this tier for me because I'm a Sam Darnold believer. I'm, I don't want to say an Adam Gaze believer, but I think he's going to utilize the talent that he has. And I think Robbie Anderson is the most talented wide receiver on this Jets team. I think Jameson Crowder could be a PPR monster, but I think you want a big play threat. You want the number one wide receiver on the New York Jets. To me, that, that's Robbie Anderson. And as I look down at some of these other names, I know EY is very, very high on Allen Robinson. I, I know people seem to like Alshon Jeffrey. But when I look at these names and I'm looking for a number one wide receiver in an offense, all roads continue to lead me back to Robbie Anderson, which is why he's my next highest wide receiver. Frank, I know this is the biggest disagreement that we've really had, or one of them, throughout this draft season. You're not nearly as high on Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I have Robbie Anderson as my wide receiver 30, and I like him. I don't love him. He hasn't necessarily been a target of mine. He's going in that 6th, 7th round range right now, according to ADP. Uh, Look, last year he was awesome in that final month. When Sam Darnold took off and started to play better, a lot of that was because he had a really, really good rapport with Robbie Anderson. Over that final month, Robbie Anderson was the wide receiver 5 overall. 39 targets, 23 receptions, 528 yards. In just four games, 31% target share. The thing is, 
that target share is undoubtedly going to come back. Jamison Crowder so far has been targeted heavily by Sam Darnold throughout training camp, and we saw on that first preseason drive as well when the first-team offense was on the field. Jamison Crowder was the one who was targeted in the red zone, and he scored the red zone touchdown as well. I will say this. There is a path to Robbie Anderson becoming a target monster because Jamison Crowder has dealt with a ton of foot and ankle injuries over the past couple of seasons. Quincy Inunua has dealt with various neck and back injuries as well. If those guys get hurt, Robbie Anderson's going to have to be force-fed. There's no doubt about it. But Le'Veon Bell is also part of this offense. They just paid him a ton of money. He's probably going to command anywhere to, you know, 80 to 100 targets this year. I like Robbie Anderson, the player. Six foot three. He runs a 4-4-40. Very slight frame. But the thing is, I just worry about the volume. And I could see this being a situation where, you know, one week it's Crowder, one week it's Robbie Anderson, the next week it's the Le'Veon Bell week. Before you know it, Chris Herndon is back from suspension. So I just don't know that there's going to be as enough volume as everybody else is hoping for when it comes to Robbie Anderson. Do you think Jamison Crowder really could fit that Jarvis Landry role? I do. And we, and we, that, that's the thing, too, is when you look at schemes, right, a lot of the times, like, they're not going to... Offensive coaches, right, in, in the league, it feels like too often they are trying to make certain players fit their scheme rather than making their scheme fit to their players. We talk about that all the time. But when it comes to Robbie Anderson, I don't know that he necessarily fits what Adam Gase has been doing the past couple of years in Miami, which has been force-feeding a slot receiver. Jameson Crowder is expected to be the slot receiver for the New York Jets. There was a report yesterday that they could use Robbie Anderson and you know expand his route tree and use more uh, underneath routes for Robbie Anderson this year. That remains to be seen, but I think if you look at the way that Adam Gase has used his receivers in his respective offenses, Greg, a lot of it has been that slot receiver role, which it, as of now is Jamison Crowder. Eric, what do you think about Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder and this Jets offense? Uh, Robbie Anderson's my 23 right now. Um, I feel that the New York Jets did a lot to improve their offensive line. I like Sam Darnold. Darnold, he showed well last year, and their offense line last year was a mess. They went out, they got a bunch of free agents, um, and, and, and we don't know how the offensive line is going to look, but I think it's going to be much improved. Having Le'Veon Bell there and Jameson Crowder, uh, you know, short, short uh, intermediate targets, that's going to make it hard to pressure Sam Darnold. So Rob, Robbie Anderson is a guy that he's proven something, and this is the number one reason I like Robbie Anderson. This is a contract year. These guys pay attention to this. This is their livelihood. Him being a good player and catching a bunch of balls and having a big year can set him up for the rest of his life. Don't lose sight of that. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we get into the poll question of the day. Stick around. More coming as we break down wide receivers here on the BFFs. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. So, Frankie, the poll question of the day was what? That was, 
If you were targeting one of those breakout wide receivers in the round five range, who do you want most? And the poll includes Mike Williams, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, and Tyler Lockett. 83 votes in. The leader is Calvin Ridley with 29% of the vote. So we talked about uh, Tyler Lockett yesterday a bunch. I'm going to skip over him. And we'll get to Calvin Ridley, who led the poll here in a moment. But I wanted to break down to DJ Moore. Because DJ Moore, about a month ago, was certainly one of those breakout wide receivers in this range. And yet, as days go by during training camp, it seems that the hype of DJ Moore goes this way, pointing down for those listening on the podcast, and this way for Curtis Samuel. Every day, there's another blurb that you'll read on Twitter, you'll read on Roto World, you'll hear about on the Fantasy Sports Network about how impressive Curtis Samuel's speed is and how much better he has gotten. There aren't those words being spoken about or written about DJ Moore. At this point, and I've seen this everywhere, it wouldn't surprise me if DJ Moore is taken after Curtis Samuel. That's how far, gentlemen, I think we've gotten. Is that coming from you, Frank, who is someone that, since the beginning of this, has been very high on Curtis Samuel? Is that something that's crazy to you? I think it is crazy because as much as we're seeing Curtis Samuel move up draft boards right now, DJ Moore is not moving down. Uh, his ADP over the past week over at the NFFC is 49. So he's basically standing pat right at the, the end of the fourth round, early fifth round range. Uh, meanwhile, Curtis Samuel is the one that's moving up into that seventh round range. And Greg, you know, we did a couple of fan, uh, FanDuel videos a couple of months ago where I gave people some sleepers and I talked about Curtis Samuel. The reason being is I never thought that there should have been a 56 pick, uh, a 50 to 60 pick gap between DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. DJ Moore was a first-round pick. I get it. He has draft pedigree. Curtis Samuel was a second-round pick. And over the second half of the season last year, as we both saw their snaps increase and they really took over the starter roles and they kind of pushed Devin Funches out, from Week 9 on, Curtis Samuel was the wide receiver 19. During that same stretch, DJ Moore was the wide receiver 29. I don't have anything against DJ Moore. I think he's going to be a really talented wide receiver in the NFL for the Carolina Panthers. But if I can get Curtis Samuel even two or three rounds later, give me all the Curtis Samuel I could possibly get. I mean, it's just a difference in value, Greg. I don't see that there should be that much of a gap between both DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. What do you, where do you have these two guys ranked currently, Eric? Yeah, because of the buzz, I'm probably going to have to move Curtis Samuel up a bit. But right now, I mean, look, DJ Moore is the wide receiver one there. Uh, I believe that uh, overall he's more talented. and We're not hearing all kinds of buzz because he's already that guy. Uh, Curtis Samuel is surprising everybody, and he's farther down in fantasy draft boards. He was drafted much later in the in the real uh NFL draft. So, it, it, you know, him as a sleeper where you're getting him, he could be a steal for sure. DJ Moore is my 25. Curtis Samuel is my 45. So there's, there's 20 spots in between this two. Currently, I have DJ Moore at number 27 for me. I have Curtis Samuel at number 37. 10 spots separating these guys uh, after, the ch- after what we heard about earlier today and kind of the hype machine rock and rolling, Frankie. I have DJ Moore at wide receiver 25. He ends that tier four for me, which includes fourth and fifth round wide receivers. So he's just behind Cooper Cup and Tyler Boyd. I have DJ Moore at wide receiver 25. And then I have Curtis Samuel in the next tier at wide receiver 33. So I have an eight spot gap between the two. And according to the NFFC ADP, DJ Moore is wide receiver 21 off the board while Curtis Samuel is wide receiver 36. So there's a 15-spot gap in ADP 
Uh, but in my rankings, I have them a lot closer. I have them only eight spots apart in, in my wide receiver ranking. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm messing around, obviously, constantly messing around with these rankings and trying to figure out. And I'm looking at names uh, that I want to get into today, like Alshon Jeffrey and Allen Robinson, who are just old and boring, seemingly, at this point. And I'm like, do it, would I, if I was really in a draft, would I draft those guys over a breakout candidate like a DJ Moore, like a Calvin Ridley, like a Mike Williams? My answer to that is is probably not. But, Eric, I know you feel differently about Allen Robinson, at least. I don't know how you feel about Alshon Jeffrey. What makes you like Allen Robinson, and how do you feel about Jeffrey? And I quote from Greg Sussman, old and boring. Allen Robinson's 25 years old. He's not old. That, that, that's true. He's not 22 he play, he like he DJ play, No, he's not a 22, but he's not old. 25 is not old, not not for a wide receiver in the NFL. Plus, he, he missed a year, so he doesn't have a ton of what it, uh, wear and tear. I believe in the Chicago offense. I believe that Mr. Trubisky will improve as a passer. And like I said the other day, that's not saying a lot because he was atrocious passing the ball last year. But I, I believe in this offensive system, and Allen Robinson's going to be the number one receiver there. I also believe highly in Anthony Miller. Um, but yeah, Allen Robinson's a guy that I'm taking very high. And uh, I mean, if you don't want him, that's fine. I'll take him. Allen Robinson will be 26 in uh, next week or so. And, and Frank, EY calling me out was right because we have this perception for sure that Allen Robinson is old and boring. And Alshon Jeffrey, fine. He's been around longer. Fine. But Allen Robinson is only 26 years old at the start of the season. He did miss a season where he uh, tore his ACL. Last year, it was his comeback year. It takes him a little time to get going. Maybe EY's right on Allen Robinson. How do you feel? I've come around a little bit on Allen Robinson. Originally, earlier on in the draft season, I I thought I was going to be off Allen Robinson, but his price tag is not a bad one. He was going... Mostly in the sixth round of fantasy drafts in 12-team leagues, but he is moving up. I will say his ADP has moved up to pick 60. So with that last pick of the fifth round, the reason why... I'll give you the pros and cons of Allen Robinson, right? Please, yeah. So the pro, uh, one of the pros for me is that he's one year further removed from this ACL surgery. Definitely a pro. And it seemed like he was never really completely healthy last year. I mean, there were times where he flashed and showed his upside... Uh, and I do think that he's built to be a wide receiver one at the NFL level. Does have some issues with the contested catch at times. Last year, he led the Bears with 22% of the target share. Um, now I'll give you some of the cons here when it comes to Allen Robinson. I think that the Bears want to spread the football around. And they do have a lot of targets on this team that make it possible for them to do that. They have, along with Allen Robinson, they have Anthony Miller, who's you know they're ta- hyping up as the second-round so, second-year slot receiver for the Chicago Bears. They still have Taylor Gabriel, who's a gadget player and makes plays down the field. They have Trey Burton. Tariq Cohen's going to catch some balls. David Montgomery can catch some balls out of the backfield as well. So, Allen Robinson led this team with 22% of the target share, but there were four receivers for the Bears last year between 577 yards and 741 yards. So, again, that just kind of lends itself to them spreading the ball around. And last year, I understand Allen Robinson missed time, but he only had 12 red zone targets, which ranked third on the Chicago Bears a year ago. His catch rate was just 58.5%. And and I get it. He plays with Mitchell Trubisky, who's not the most accurate quarterback. Uh, But Allen Robinson does have some experience playing with bad quarterbacks. I mean, this guy might have had the most impressive fantasy season of all time, Greg. 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns with Blake Bortles. That is super, super impressive. So we know what he's capable of. He has, I don't know if he still has that type of upside because he, you know, he has had an ACL injury um, since he performed like that. 
But I do think that there is upside here for Allen Robinson. Uh, but I keep going back back and forth with him right now. I have him as my wide receiver 28. I haven't really ended up with him anywhere. But in the sixth round, I can see the value that is presented with Allen Robinson. A-Rob, last season, what really bothers me is those four touchdowns. And being that monstrous target, you thought that he would be able to do more. He had just one 100-yard game on the season. In fact, he had just three games total where he had more than 80 yards receiving. Some of the reasons why I don't love Allen Robinson. Sorry. I mean, I feel you. I'm probably closer to you, Greg, than, than I am EY. Just, I, ultimately, I think that they're going to spread the ball around. And another little tidbit here that uh, I forgot to mention. He had the third lowest average separation among wide receivers last season. So, as I mentioned, like he's struggled with contested catches in his career so far. Uh, he has struggled with gaining separation as well against some of the better cornerbacks in the league. And those are the players he's going to see. He predominantly plays on the outside. He is this team's wide receiver one. So, he's going to see really good defensive attention here. So... I, I'm a little bit skeptical on Allen Robinson. It's like in the sixth round, it's fine because he is his team's uh, respective wide receiver one. And basically, all the wide receivers going in the sixth round range, like there are pros and cons. There are a lot of cons to all of these wide receivers. Uh, so his value is fine. It's just he hasn't really been someone that I've been targeting. Yeah, fair enough with Allen Robinson. I mentioned Alshon Jeffrey as well. EY, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, Elshon is a guy that that uh, has always been, you know, a pretty steady guy. He, he gets banged up a lot. Huge target, big body. The scariest thing for me is that there's like 45 receivers, I think 25 running backs, and four tight ends that are going to be right. uh, viable in Philadelphia. So, I mean, for me, it's going to be, you know, like Frank was just outlining, like what Chicago has. Philadelphia, in my opinion, has even more weapons and proven weapons, so it, it's going to be hit and miss. Um, they could be in double tight end sets a lot. Um, Alshon Jeffrey will be the number one outside guy, though, um, so so he's a guy that, that could score touchdowns and could pile up the yards. I'm really high on Carson Wentz um, this year, and that's because I believe in the Philadelphia offense. I think that the Philadelphia offense could be a top three offense this year. So I'm getting these guys all over the place, but Alshon Jeffrey, the, my biggest worry is is going to be the consistency. Six touchdowns on the year for Alshon Jeffrey, and I gave you the numbers with uh, A-Rod. Let me do the same for Jeffrey. He had two games over 100 yards receiving, four total over 80 yards receiving. He didn't debut last year until week four, uh, and then obviously had that eight for 105 in one game. You're like, oh my God. And then two weeks later, eight for 74 and two. You're like, oh my God. And seven for 88 and one. You're like, oh my God. They went to like a tailspin. We had like four for thirty-five for like five straight weeks. I think that was when Golden Tate joined the team too, Greg. So I think there was a bit of a correlation there. Yeah, uh, actually, with, yeah. You know the targets coming down for him, and I agree with Ey. I love Carson Wentz this year. I love this Eagles offense, but I think consistency might be hard to come for all of the Eagles pass catchers, including Zach Ertz. I do have some skepticism where Zach Ertz is going right now in that third, fourth round range because there are just a lot of wide receivers and, you know, targets overall on this team from Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson now joins this team as well. Nelson Aguilar is still on this team. They draft J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. They bring back Darren Sproles. Miles Sanders can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. I have Alshon Jeffrey all the way down as my wide receiver 34. Not really doing it, Craig. Let's take a break. When we come back, we get into Calvin Ridley and Mike Williams, two members of the poll I think I like. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. So the last two players in the poll were Mike Williams and Calvin Ridley. Frank, who do you have higher in your rankings? I have Calvin Ridley one spot higher than Mike Williams, but they are damn close, 21 and 22 in my rankings. I have Calvin Ridley four spots lower in my rankings, interestingly enough. Do tell. Eric, where do you have these two guys? I have a... Ridley at 39, so that's I probably have him too low. I probably have to move him up, especially with how uh, confident I am with the Atlanta offense. Mm-hmm. I seem to just like every offense in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> Not the Colts. To the, to Not the Colts. Show. Not the Colts. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they're they're making their way down, and everyone else is making their way up. So Ridley is a guy that I have to to bring up, but I do want to talk. Just bring up um, Muhammad Sanu. I feel like is just completely disrespected every year and i like ridley too but muhammad sanu is still a player he's still playing in atlanta he's still going to be part of the offense and and is going to demand targets so it's uh and there was all the the offseason hype for austin hooper so maybe my 39 overall for ridley is is okay frankie why do you have calvin ridley where you do ahead of mike williams Yeah, I think there's just a little bit more opportunity here for Calvin Ridley with the Atlanta Falcons. I will say this. I think the Chargers' targets are very concentrated uh, just among three receivers, that being Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry. But when it comes to the Falcons, I do think that Julio Jones is obviously going to be the target monster for that team. But then I do think Calvin Ridley is going to be number two in targets when it comes to their pass attack. Yes, Austin Hooper is still part of this team, Mohamed Sanu, and they'll have their respective roles, but... With Dirk Cutter coming back as their OC, I looked into when Cutter was last with the Atlanta Falcons. That was between 2012 and 2014. He ranked top seven in pass percentage each of those three seasons. So he comes with a pass-happy approach. We saw something similar while he was with the Tampa Bay Bucks as well. And then I looked to his usage with the wide receivers. Specifically, at the time, it was Roddy White and Julio Jones. In 2012, both Roddy White and Julio Jones finishes top 11 wide receivers in fantasy points per game. In 2013, Julio only played five games, so that year was kind of a wash. And then in 2014, Julio really started to ascend and become the player that he is today. Mm-hmm. Finished as the wide receiver six on 164 targets. Roddy White still finishes the wide receiver 17 on 122 targets. This doesn't necessarily mean Calvin Ridley is definitely going to see that many targets and he's going to fill that Roddy White role. But at least we have a blueprint to, in the past... Dirk Cutter with the Falcons producing two top 20 wide receivers with both Julio Jones and Roddy White. So I understand Calvin Ridley's touchdown regression. He's probably going to come back a little bit. He scored way too many touchdowns based on how many targets he had last year. There were some games where he would just disappear. He had 10 touchdowns overall last year, uh, based uh, albeit on limited targets. But I think the touchdowns regress a little bit, Greg. I think the targets go up this year. I'm looking at between 110 and 120 targets this year for Calvin Ridley. In a really good offense, 13 dome games this year. Uh, I think that that's going to be enough for him to return 
top 24, potentially top 20 wide receiver value. As someone that owned Calvin Ridley last year, it was fun. Going on that touchdown streak was fun. Seeing how uh, he was relied upon all over the field, in all honesty, was great. But there were times where you get frustrated because in two wide receiver sets, Calvin Ridley's not out there. And it gets, it gets annoying because Mohamed Sanu is the number two wide receiver on this team, whether we want to believe it or we don't. So it's very, very frustrating when Ridley's not out there. Now, I will say that you, they do call plays specifically for Calvin Ridley. They know how talented he is. They want to get him involved. But when ranking those two players, Mike Williams and Calvin Ridley, I wanted to figure out the, the player that I thought had the best chance at touchdowns. And I think it's the bigger guy in Mike Williams. I know what the numbers stated last year, but, I also want a guy that I think is going to get on the field more and potentially be targeted more, guys. And I think, once again, that's Mike Williams. So I think the answer to both of my questions is Williams, which is why I have him higher. And I like Mike Williams. It's, I have these guys back-to-back, and we've been talking about this all week, dating back to last week, when we are talking about our rankings. And it almost sounds like we're downplaying other players, but we're really just trying to split hairs. Like You're going to be on the clock. You're going to have to make these decisions when you're on the clock in that early fifth-round range, you have to decide between Calvin Ridley and Mike Williams. You really have to weigh the pros and cons of both of these players. So for me, I do have Ridley one spot higher for the reasons that I mentioned. And It's not a knock on Mike Williams. If Calvin Ridley's gone, I have no problem taking Mike Williams as the next wide receiver off the board. He has the draft pedigree. He was a top-10 pick in the NFL draft. He is a physical freak. We saw that last year in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs where he basically was having his way and doing whatever he wanted. One of the most fun games last year uh, on that Thursday night football game. But let's not forget, Keenan Allen is also on this team. He's also going to demand, I would say, a similar target share to what Julio Jones is going to command in Atlanta. And in the red zone, we know that Phillip Rivers likes to lean on his tight ends as well. He's done so with Antonio Gates his entire career. Two, three years ago, when Hunter Henry was healthy as a rookie in in his second year, He was also used in the red zone. So I think that that might pose some limitations this season for Mike Williams. Again, this is just me splitting hairs on reasons why I have him one spot lower than Ridley. But ultimately, I do still really like both of these wide receivers. Eric, we want to chime in here? Uh, I know. I mean, I feel like I agree with kind of what Frank is saying. I just don't feel like I'm as high on on either of them. I have a bunch of guys in, in front of them, so I probably just won't have any of the, them on my team. So uh, I, I I like what what he's saying. It's just I don't think I I value him as high as he does. Okay, so there you go. That's Calvin Ridley um, and Mike Williams. Other guys that I have in this area uh, before I get to Dante Pettis and Christian Kirk, I want to mention Will Fuller and I want to mention Jarvis Landry. Where do you have those two guys, Frank? Yeah, so those guys are in the next tier for me. They're not in the same tier as Calvin Ridley and Mike Williams. I have those players more so as round six and seven wide receivers. So I have Jarvis Landry down at wide receiver 32. I have Will Will Fuller one spot ahead of him. Wide receiver 31. 31 and 32. I have Will Fuller at 31. Right now I have Jarvis Landry at 25, and that almost seems too high uh, from talking to you. Um, Eric, what about you on Will Fuller and Jarvis Landry? Um, Jarvis Landry at 30 and, uh, Fuller is 43. And I think I'm going to probably, uh, move Fuller up. Um, okay. yeah, but I don't know. It's just, 
It's so hard. Wide receiver to me is the hardest to rank. It just it, there's there's about forty guys, and I mean, you're you're splitting hairs on on this guy or that guy, and and it's it, it's tough. It's it's just like every day I feel like I'm moving guys up and then moving this guy back down. So that that's where I have them now. But this is is constantly in flux, especially because we're only one week into the preseason. Do you, would you want these guys on your team? Mm, Will Fuller, yes. Jarvis Landry, no. I'm. I'm worried about Jarvis Landry this year. I understand he's playing with Odell Beckham. He's reunited with his buddy from LSU. They're going to have the best of days ahead coming with the Cleveland Browns. And everyone's excited about this offense and Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens calling plays. But look at what Jarvis Landry has been in his career. And I realize you're getting him at a bit of a discount this year as compared to years past where he was like a third, fourth round pick for fantasy purposes. But Jarvis Landry has always been someone that has thrived on volume. He needs targets in order to thrive. And I understand with Odell Beckham on the field, you know, the quality of his targets might go up, but he also has to compete with David Njoku. And people are getting excited about what Rashard Higgins is doing in the preseason right now. And there's also, you know, Nick Chubb who can potentially catch passes now that Duke Johnson isn't there. And they're talking about Hilliard as the pass-catching running back. So I just think playing alongside another alpha wide receiver like Odell Beckham does not bode well for Jarvis Landry, someone who has relied so much on target volume and reception volume in his career. He's not somebody who makes plays down the field and gets behind the defense. He's someone who needs targets, needs receptions. A lot of his routes are run close to the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have a very high average depth of target. And last year, when Freddie Kitchens took over as the OC, Jarvis Landry's targets were severely cut on a per-game basis. That was even before Odell Beckham joined the team. So I have my skepticism when it comes to Jarvis Landry, I have Will Fuller one spot higher because ultimately, I think the upside is higher for Will Fuller this year. Kiki QT has not showed the ability to stay healthy. He's already dealing with this ankle injury. And Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson on the field together has been touchdown magic. You want to score touchdowns for fantasy football? Draft Houston Texans. And specifically, excuse me, Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson have just shown a ridiculous rapport over the years. And frankly... I think he's one of these players, Greg, who can thrive without having a massive target share. I think Will Fuller is one of these guys where even if he only gets five to six, five to seven targets a game, he can make the most of that because how do you stop this offense? Sure. If you're coming in and you're a defensive coordinator, you're trying to stop DeAndre Hopkins. You're trying to stop, you know, Lamar Miller and Will Fuller and Kiki QT and all these other guys. It's just hard to stop all of them. And I think that Will Fuller is one of these guys that can actually thrive on a lower target share. He's done it already in his career. Yeah, he has. And Will Fuller, almost like Calvin Ridley, just has that nose for the end zone. And they trust him uh, in that area. There is a clear connection between Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. And the way that Fuller has bounced back repeatedly from injury after injury after injury is very encouraging to his value. Let me move on to Dante Pettis and Christian Kirk. Now, we touched on Dante Pettis yesterday. And the more I've read about it, the more the, the thought process of, hey, is it more of a motivating factor for Dante Pettis does kind of seem true. But they want to... You want to draft him potentially as a breakout wide receiver. Same can be said from a man, Christian Kirk. Pettis and Kirk, EY, which one would you rather have? Oh, geez, Pettis or Kirk. I mean, I've had Pettis very, very high, but because of this, this uh, the the training camp news and, and the, the coach saying he's not uh, the number one that they're looking for, and 
for me, the news you have to listen to is bad news. And I think they probably are trying to motivate, motivate him because they look at him as the number one guy there. I, I think there's going to be a bunch of receivers getting a bunch of work and it's going to be similar, not, not as, uh, good at targets as the Philadelphia, but it's going to be very similar in the way it is like every week. It's going to be, they're going to spread the ball around all over the place. You never know who's going to be catching it. Who's going to be targeted. Who's going to be on the field. Um, Pettis is very high on, but I've moved him down quite a bit. He's my uh, wide receiver 39 right now. I still have Dante Pettis as my wide receiver 29. I have Christian Kirk at the top of this tier. He is the first wide receiver that I would target in the sixth round range. So what number is that? That is wide receiver 26. So you have Kirk higher than Pettis now. Or Christian Kirk, yeah. And I I do have him. uh, Originally, I had Pettis one spot higher than Kirk. And I will acknowledge that there is risk involved with both of these guys. I mean, they're competing with a bunch of players on their respective teams. But I do have Christian Kirk ranked higher because I do think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to run more offensive plays. We've heard all about Cliff Kingsbury and his air raid offense coming from Texas Tech. You know, each of his seasons in Texas Tech, he ranked top 10 in offensive plays ran per game. Last year, he finished fourth overall in offensive plays ran per game. And Christian Kirk, you know, he was labeled as a slot wide receiver coming into the NFL. He played 85% uh, snaps last year with the Arizona Cardinals. Only 21% of those snaps came in the slot. So he proved he can play both on the outside, in the slot. He's really explosive. He can make plays down the field. He can make plays after the catch as well. It wouldn't surprise me one bit, and that's why I have it ranked this way, if we start to see the passing of the torch from Larry Fitzgerald to Christian Kirk as this team's wide receiver one. But I acknowledge that they also drafted Andy Isabella. They also drafted Hakeem Butler. They also drafted Keyshawn Johnson. And they're talking all of these guys up. So it could be a frustrating situation on a week-to-week basis. But ultimately, I think the talent wins out here. I think Christian Kirk is uber-talented. And when it comes to Dante Pettis... Give me all of this discount right now. He was going in like that early sixth round range just a week ago. I did a best ball draft over the weekend where I got Dante Pettis in the seventh round because of Kyle Shanahan's comments. And he came out, uh, a beat reporter came out earlier today and said, it was a motivational tactic. It's nothing more than that. And that's exactly what I said yesterday. Look at the personnel of the San Francisco 49ers. George Kittle is their top target. He's their wide receiver one for all intents and purposes. But after that, the depth chart. Marquise Goodwin is a burner. He's not someone who's going to demand a massive target share. Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, they're rookie wide receivers. Dante Pettis proved he can thrive on a low target share. He did that last year, made it really explosive plays down the stretch. He was the wide receiver five overall in the final month of the season. If people are sleeping on Dante Pettis, letting him slip, please, please jump on that value. We continue the wide receiver conversation right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, here we go. Three questions, three minutes. Let's do it. EY, you said a few moments ago you're a little bit cautious when it comes, uh, or I guess this is Alex that said this, a little bit cautious when it comes to Tyreek Hill. That brings me to Sammy Watkins. Are you a Sammy Watkins guy this season? 
uh, he thinks he's a lizard. Um, and that, that confuses me. I, and I think I've been cautious on him for the last two or three years because he just never seems to be able to stay on the field. Uh, he's got all the talent, a, a, a guy that was drafted by Buffalo, a guy that I thought was going to be uh, you know, a top 10 receiver in the league for years and years. And I think if he could play all those games, uh, th- that he would be. But he just, he just can't stay on the field. He's proven that he uh, is unreliable that way. Um, but playing with the Kansas City Chiefs, um, is, is a guy, he's a guy that, that I like, I don't like him as high as most, but, uh, Sammy Watkins, where, where you're getting him right now. I mean, I, I, like Frank was saying with Pettis, I'll take Watkins. Yeah. I can't quit Sammy Watkins either. Greg, it's just, yeah. you want cheap exposure to the Kansas city chiefs offense. This is the cheapest way to get it done. Tyreek Hill, a second round pick, Travis Kelsey, a second round pick, Patrick Mahomes, fourth round pick, Damian Williams, third round pick. You want exposure to a starter on this offense? Sammy Watkins is a good way to do it. You get him in that 7th, 8th round range right now. And when he was healthy last year, weeks 1 to 9, he was the wide receiver 25 overall in fantasy. I have him ranked right now as my wide receiver 27. Really like him as a high-end wide receiver 3. Not a big Sammy Watkins guy. I never have been. Yeah, you don't like good offenses. It's crazy. No, I don't like Sammy Watkins. He's always hurt and he's not very good. Uh, Mark, Mark, the next wide receiver for me is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I know, Frank, you don't even have him in this tier. I'm an MVS guy. I want cheap exposure to the Green Bay Packers. That's what I get with MVS. How come you're not nearly as high on him as I am? Yeah, just because we don't have a definitive answer. And I guess we don't really have a definitive answer on any of these players, but I feel a little bit better about some of these other guys that we've talked about. Uh, MVS versus Allen. Allison, I lean MVS as well, but would it surprise anybody one bit if they just take away from each other all season long as that second or third wide receiver? It wouldn't surprise me, so that's why I have these guys a little bit lower. I don't know that you could just pencil one of these guys in as their wide receiver two. We'll talk more about the wide receiver two with Green Bay on the other side, where you have Geronimo Allison, what you do with MVS. We'll also hit on EY's guy, Corey Davis. Are we buying back in on Corey Davis this year? Let's also hit on a couple of more guys. Stick around. A lot more to come. This is the BFFs.